0: Well, it's always good to have the children in here with us today. We look forward to that. We're going to be over, just briefly, over to Mark chapter 11. We've been in this series for a while. But, of course, this is Super Bowl Sunday. And you all came to church anyway? I don't know why people stay away from church on Super Bowl Sunday. It's not until the evening anyway. But I found this story. How is football relevant relevant to church? And so here are some things that help you with understanding how football is relative to church. First off, the quarterback sneak. When church members quietly leave during the closing hymn. The draw play. What many kids do with the order of of service during worship. Or the bulletin. Halftime. The period between Sunday school and worship when many choose to leave. (laughs) Trap play. You're called on to pray and are asleep. Staying in the pocket. What happens to a lot of money that should be given to the Lord's work? <laughs> Bench warmer, those who do not pray, sing, work, or apparently do anything but sit. The two-minute warning, the point at which you realize the sermon is almost over and begin to gather up the children and belongings. Sudden death. What happens to the attention span of the congregation if the preacher goes over time? <laughs> and run getting out of church quick without speaking to any guest or church member blitz the rush for the restaurants following the closing prayer (laughs) so now we're ready as we're watching the game today we can think about church we've been on a series about victory for doubters how we're not trying to stop being doubters we're just trying to doubt the right things Because every belief that we have produces a doubt. And every doubt we have produces a belief. We want to make sure we believe the things of God and doubt the things of the word. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, we've covered this almost every week. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, we've covered this in a number of different ways, but I want us to take a look at this from a another direction here here today. I'm sure that many of you have, have heard of, of a lot of the things that have gone on. I just saw a couple of reports. You know, we're always seeing reports about what is good for you and what is not good for you. How many have always seen reports? This is bad for you. This is not bad for you. This particular fat you shouldn't have. And then all of a sudden you should have it. And then, well, now you shouldn't have it. And we go back and forth and we hear all these reports. How many have seen different diet programs? Then you hear it just works so good for this person and it doesn't work for the next person. Why is that? Why is it that some things work so good for some people and not for others? Why is it that that these reports about health things seem to work for some people, but then not for others? I saw a report out that, uh, uh, about vegetables, fruits and vegetables. Now, you all know my stance on vegetables. And it's not like I ignore vegetables. I certainly eat vegetables. I understand that God made us an omnivore and we're supposed to eat uh, vegetables and meat. And so we eat both. But I saw a couple of reports that came out. One of them said that if you eat vegetables and fruit without animal fat for the human body, you won't be able to process it right. That's interesting, isn't it? I saw another report that said that uh, fruits and vegetables are actually not as good for you as you think, (laughs) that it was actually a ploy put together a number of years ago by about 20 fruit and vegetable companies, very large ones, and they started a worldwide campaign to convince everyone that you needed them and would die without them. They were so successful that every report that has come out since to tell anything otherwise has been, uh, the people are afraid to actually bring it out. Because of the opposition they get from people. Because they did a good job. They believed it. So I began to ponder all these things. A number of weeks ago. And I began to hear about all this stuff. And I thought, you know what? The word of God says that you can have what you. If if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And do not doubt in your heart, but believe. That those things you say. Shall come to pass. It shall work. Well, why is it that some people Who believe. That they should eat fruits and vegetables only and they live nice, healthy lives. But then there's other people like Jesse Deplanis who say, give me the fat. <laughs> give me the fat. <laughs> I <have> fried chicken. <laughs> I mean, he just, he wants the, he's down in Louisiana. He wants the fat and he looks pretty healthy to me. He keeps a pretty good pace going, doesn't he? And you, you, sh- you look at all this sort of stuff and you say, well, you know, how, how is that? How can that be? It's simple. This principle works. If you believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, it will be, you will have what you say. If you have read stuff and you believe firmly that fruits and vegetables are necessary for you to stay alive and you continually go around saying, I have to have my fruits and vegetables. I need to have my fruits and vegetables. If I eat my fruits and vegetables, I will live to a long life. Guess what will happen? And then if you're going around saying, I need to eat fruits and vegetables, I need to eat fruits and vegetables, I need to have fruits and vegetables, got to have fruits and vegetables, got to get in the fruits and vegetables. If I go around and say that all the time and then don't, what am I doing? I'm going against the thing that I say. But if you're like me and you say, give me the meat. I want the meat. I'll have some vegetables here and there, but give me the meat. I I believe firmly that I will be completely healthy with meat. I believe it. You can come and tell me anything else that you want to do. I won't believe it. Many people have tried to come and tell me, Diet Coke is bad for you. I don't believe them. I refuse to believe it because, first off, I know how they conducted the scientific experiments on saccharin. How many of y'all know that a number of months ago they re, they uh, pulled it all back? And they said that saccharin's not bad for you. Banned the whole substance, and now all of a sudden they come on out. Did y'all see that report? Saccharin's not bad for you anymore. <laughs> they they were wrong well you know they they, I don't believe government reports first off because they start off with government Uh, that's the first reason that but I know how that I know how they did the science in in saccharine because when I was going through when when saccharine was being studied is when I was in my science uh, time and I was prepared to be a biology major or something along those lines and I knew how they did it and I knew if you did what they did anyone would die Anyone. So, you know, anybody person come up to me and they can say, stop drinking Diet Coke. You're going to die. I don't believe them. And you know what? I'm not going to die. You know why? Because I don't believe it. You know what I say with my mouth? I can drink all the Diet Coke I want to. <laughs> and I say that with my mouth and I go to restaurants and I prove it all the time. <laughs> I make right, uh, waitress waitresses. Run ragged. Have y'all been out with me. Y'all know I'll send them back, you know, especially the bottomless cup, you know, six, seven, eight times before the meal even gets here. I can do that. Now, if you don't believe, if you believe that that's going to hurt you, you better not do what I do. Because you'll probably die. It <laughs> see, It's what you believe. Because that word of God says, therefore, I well, go back to verse 23. It says. Lost verse 23. Boy, I'll tell you, I just pulled up on mine. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever, we talked about the whoever part before, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will what? Will be done. done. He will have whatever the government study said. (laughs) No. What will you have? Whatever you say. say. Folks, if you believe that fruits and vegetables are necessary for health, you better eat them. If you firmly believe that, it's going to work for you. If you find a diet program and you get convinced that this diet program is going to work and you say with your mouth, I will lose weight if I do this. I've seen so-and-so, I've heard this, and I believe that if I do this, I will lose weight. Now, how many know you've done this and you've lost weight for a little while, but then all of a sudden you weren't seeing exactly what you wanted to see and what, happened, what came out of your mouth? This isn't working. I don't think this is working so well. I don't know if I'm losing any weight. What are you doing? I'm getting what I say, aren't I? See, the, the problem that comes in is that even with spiritual things, the same thing as the natural, if you get di- diverted and go off course, you can lose the thing that you believed. Look at that verse again. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. The enemy's purpose is to derail you, to get you off in another direction. And he will send things to you to cause that to happen. If you believe drinking Diet Coke is not harmful, he will send reports and government studies to you to tell you otherwise. I heard a bad thing on iced tea. I may all like iced tea. I don't drink that diet coke stuff, but I like iced tea. I've seen I've studies on, on iced. I won't tell you what they say about people who drink iced tea, because I like iced tea is another thing I like. <laughs> but I know what the studies say about people who drink iced tea and what will happen. My neighbor even came out to me and he had the problem that came up, and he said it's probably because I drink too much iced tea. I said that's wrong. <laughs> and I haven't told him I'd drink a whole bunch of iced tea myself I don't have that problem never have oh okay then <laughs> but you see how stuff can sit set into us if you want to lose weight and you pick a diet you know what will work anyone you stick with and believe anyone you stick with and believe all you got to do is stick with it and believe it and don't be derailed you know what diet will work for you for health Whatever you believe, I mean, I can go out there and eat Twinkies and yod and and, uh, what are the other stuff, you know, yodels or whatever it is, and Cheese Whiz and all that other stuff. Now here's here's the thing: whoever says to this mountain, "Be removed and be cast into the sea," and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, the key is you've got to have something that sowed belief into you. You can't just go out there and say stuff. It has to be stuff that you have developed a belief in. Just to say something doesn't make it work. Be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says shall come to pass. These are the things you need. Not only must you say it, but you must not doubt it, and you must have belief. So somehow, that belief must be formed on the inside of you. That's what you need to work on, forming a belief. I didn't just decide Diet Coke, iced tea, meat wasn't harmful for me. I did some things to form that belief, and that belief is a part of me. Those are stupid things. But I believe them. If you believe them with your heart. Got to be formed in there somehow. This is the kind of thing that will happen. Go to Exodus chapter 14. We call this first section here. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> oops. <laughs> How many of you ever had an oops moment in your life? <laughs> then they said to Moses. Because there were no graves in Egypt. Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the, wor- the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? I don't remember them saying that. <laughs> for it would be, have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Do you get the idea that Israel believes this? How did they form that belief? <laughs> now look, go keep, keep uh, Mark chapter 23 handy as much as you can. Mark 11, 23 handy as much as you can. Put it back up there on the screen. I want you to take a look at this again. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Where does it say that what you believe is based on the word of God? Does it say it? Does that shock you? Now remember, this all came out because Jesus spoke to a fig tree. I don't have anybody else in the word of God cursed fig trees. Did Israel come to this belief that they were going to die in the wilderness through the word of God? Through anything that God did? Through anything that Moses said? Through any word that was spoken to them? But somehow they came up with that belief, right? Mm -hmm. Numbers chapter 14, verse 35. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely, do to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me in this wilderness, they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. Why? Because they said it. They believed it. They formed that belief somehow. And God finally, at some point, when, he, when they finally got up here, Numbers 14, He said, You know what? <laughs> That's it. You're all going to die where you said you were going to die. That's all fine. Numbers 20, verse 4. Why have you brought us up? Have, why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? Numbers one five And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. Numbers 26.65 For the Lord said of them, They shall surely die in the wilderness. So there was not a man, not, not left a man of them, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. That was it. Because, why? Because they said it. Did they believe it? They did believe they were going to die in the wilderness. They did believe that God brought them up to kill them in the wilderness. They did believe Moses was part of the conspiracy. They did believe it. Joshua chapter 7. Verse 20, we see Achan is involved here. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them... And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent with silver, with the silver under it. What did he do? What was the word of God? All the stuff in in Jerusalem, it's mine. It is cursed. If you take it, it is mine. You're going to have all the spoils, but all, all the spoil in this first city, it's all mine. Don't touch it. Don't take it. And so Achan heard this, and he was... Prepared to do this, but he came into the particular tent. And in this particular tent, it says that when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, two hundred shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing fifty shekels. I covered them and took them. So he came on in, he's prepared. He's gone in, he's heard the word of the Lord. He's prepared to do what God has said to do, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere came this beautiful Babylonian garment. 200 shekels of silver. A wedge of gold, weighing 50 shekels. And I could buy a lot of sheep. I mean, he's doing fine until he saw this stuff. Now, did anybody else see stuff like that? Yeah, they all brought the stuff and gave it to God. But all of a sudden, he's over there. Uh, What happened to him? Well, I, I saw the stuff. I heard what the Word of God said. And I came in here believing that but then all of a sudden I thought, you know, God's not going to miss this beautiful Babylonian garment. 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. He's, he's not going to miss that. Now think about this for a minute. Look at this again. A beautiful Babylonian garment. Apparently he is a garment expert. He can tell you exactly where the garment has come from. 200 shekels of silver. Can you imagine, could you tell if you picked, oh, that's about 200 shekels. <laughs> yep, oh, there's some gold. Oh, that's about 50. How did he come to the knowledge of 200 shekels of silver and 50 of gold? Because he probably didn't just come on home and bury it. He probably came on home and he got a scale. And he put the, oh, wow, 50 shekels. <laughs> probably weighed them out and then he, he, he buried it you probably did some research on this stuff. What's, what is the going rate for gold in the land of Canaan? What's the going rate for, for silver? He probably did some research on this, thought he was getting away with it. Because he came into the, a new belief. New information was brought in. And in this new information, we decided, you know what? I can take that Babylonian garment. A pile of silver, a wedge of gold. And I don't think God's going to miss it because I'm pretty insignificant. I don't think God's mindful of me. And I can probably just... You know, nothing will happen. He began to hold on to another belief. New information came in because when he heard the first one, he didn't see the Babylonian garment, the the, uh, shekels of gold and shekels of silver. But then all of a sudden, he came into the knowledge that, here, this is the same thing that we've done, isn't it? This is exactly the same thing that we've done. We have taken hold of some principles whether they be diet principles, whether they be health principles, eating principles, whether they be biblical principles, we have held on to them. And then all of a sudden new information came in. Hast thou really lost weight? <laughs> Art thou truly more healthy? Dost thou really have more energy? And we begin to evaluate and we get, I don't think I have lost weight. And all of a sudden we begin to question, well, this works so well for so-and-so. I thought it would work for me too. The new information comes in; we begin to question things. You know, we've talked about this one over and over and over. People always pick on this one too. But you know, when you're single and you're out there, and all of a sudden, has God really said not to date the unsaved? (laughs) I mean, if God really wanted me not to date the unsaved, would He have made one so pretty, (laughs) so handsome? <laughs> has God really said doesn't that thought come in sometime oh my we've all heard that one right all of a sudden you know money comes to us then we know it's not our money we know we shouldn't have this but has God really said that I should take it back if somebody us, has God really said <laughs> Right? don't we question I mean, we're going along just fine, then all of a sudden, the new information comes in. Presents itself. What do you think? Wait, here it is. Here I am. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I was doing fine, but, you know, I didn't know that there was a Babylonian garment out here. I mean, God wouldn't have said that. He knows I love Babylonian garments. He knows how my eye just loves silver. Mm. How yeah, about Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 11? And Samuel said, What have you done? Speaking of Saul making the sacrifice. And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. In other words, I understood the command and I held to it and I believed that that was true, that you were going to come in seven days and present, present the sacrifice and then we're all going to go in and have a great victory. But then I saw that the people were going away, that you weren't here, and the Philistines were gathered together. Then I said, (laughs) (laughs) then I said, go back over to verse 23 again. Let's go take a look at that one more time. Just see how how that stacks up here. Verse 23, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 12 again. Then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal. And I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. I understood the Lord said, don't take any of the stuff in Jericho. But then I felt compelled because I saw the Babylonian garment and I saw the silver and I saw the gold. I understand that God said, be careful who your friends are. I understand God said, be careful who you get married to. But then I saw and I felt compelled. And I said, truly, this is a blessing from God. <laughs> oh, can we relate to this? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, come on. We can get into. Has, has it not affected us even in dieting? Have we not said, oh, Lord Jesus, I want to lose some weight? Oh, how many of us have said that? Oh, Lord Jesus, I want to lose some weight. We told you the story of the definition of middle age. You stop growing at both ends and start growing in the middle. <laughs> and we so we get out there, oh, I need to lose some weight. And we go out there and we find the diet program. Oh, this is gonna work. Oh, yeah, look oh look at the look at the testimonials. Look at this oh, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Sign me up. And we get on the scale and we lose a pound. And we get on the scale and we lose another pound. We get on the scale and we lose a half pound. And then we get on there for a little while and we're not losing anything. And we're wondering. Hmm. And then we truly then we say, Has God truly said that thou shalt lose weight? Has God truly said that you should? Does God really care? Do I even care? Has not God said, Eat? Enjoy the fruit of the earth? Oh, come on, we can get out there. And we stop believing in the thing that we were doing and we go on into something else. And yet, folks, if you want to lose weight, there is a cycle that you will go through. And the cycle is the first off, you lose a lot of weight. And then you stop losing weight and then you can actually start to gain weight and yet you're still going in the same direction. But the doubts come in. Has God really said? And Samuel said to Saul after he said, I felt compelled you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, for now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. You have done foolishly. So, if you believed in the diet program, if you believed in the vegetables only diet, if you believed in whatever it was that you were going to eat was going to bring health, how many have ever, you know, done all the, the uh, additives, the, uh, the stuff, you know, the, the pills, uh, the vitamins and all that sort of stuff? How many have ever come to a place where you believe that vitamins will help you? Yes. We come to a place and and we believe that. And so because of that belief, do we not go out there and we take some vitamins, don't we? Because I believe. And what happens if I forget in the morning? Oh, I forgot to take my vitamins. Now, when I was in college and I was in cross country, we uh, we studied up on this stuff and we took all kinds. Oh, we popped so many pills per dose. I took two dozen. Two dozen, two, three times a day, two dozen. Brewer's Yeast, vitamin B15. You never even heard of that one, did you? B pollen, B vitamins, and C vitamins, and whatever other ones. They're all in there. I just had them all in there, and we would pop them. And my roommates, we all popped them. We were, all, we were consuming large quantities. Of pills, and so to make it fun. Now I don't know how you folks take your pills, but you know there's no way you're taking 24 pills three times a day, one at a time. And so what we did, of course, you know we're guys and we're cross country runners and we're competitive. How many can you take at one time? <laughs> I could take all 24 in one swallow. Who <laughs> is not a problem? 24 pills in one swallow is not a challenge for me. It's not, I can do it easily. I can do it now. It's it's I can take I can take up to six pills and not even have anything to drink. Nothing. There's no problem. They're not a not a not a deal to me. But we, you know we trained. <laughs> we worked our way up. We because we competed with each other. You know. Well, I did ten. Well, I said I'm gonna do twelve. I'm gonna do fourteen. And we did that, but we had this belief and we we did, I I was always reading articles on running and and exercise and stuff like that. And I read that doctors did studies and they found out that it was impossible for them to generate a potassium deficiency in a runner. Impossible. They could not generate a potassium deficiency in a runner because understand a runner eats a lot more than most people do. 4,500 calories I needed to survive per day. That's a lot of food. You get a lot of nutrition and you get a lot of potassium. They said it was impossible to generate a potassium deficiency in a runner. And yet every one of us who ran knew, believed, thought. But we acted on it. If you take potassium pills, you won't get side stitches as much. And so we took our potassium pills. Even though we ate our bananas. (laughs) And all the other stuff that we, we did, we still took the potassium pills. There's a vitamin they put out there, vitamin B15. And the uh, uh, the folks out there said, we don't even think that this really does anything, but people believe it does. Runners believe that it does and it seems to be working for them. But we don't think it does anything. Bee pollen. We were taking bee pollen. Why? Because it seemed like if you took bee pollen, you would train better. If you trained better, you raced better. And they did studies on it. And they said, you know what? It doesn't seem to really do a whole lot but people believe that they train better if they take it. You believe. See, we didn't just believe. We went out there and and we talked about it. We confessed it. We said it all the time. If I take potassium, I won't get those side stitches as much. You know why it worked? Say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Does not doubt in his heart but believes those things he says shall come about. He will have whatever he says. Amen. Amen, how many of you are facing the, not not i mean we we did this to get better at something, but how many of you have health conditions and they said you've got to do certain things? Where's your belief? What do you believe that you need to do to take care of that thing? There are people out there all the time who will tell you you know if, if, how many of you have high cholesterol, and you believe that you know eggs are bad? You know what? my father made eggs. God made eggs. I believe that eggs are good. I don't believe that eggs are bad. I'll eat all the eggs I want. I've eaten raw eggs. We'd take— That's one of the things we did. Raw eggs, mixed them in protein, and drank it down. We ate uh, three, four raw eggs every day along with the rest of our meal. Why? Because we believed that they were good. We believed that they were beneficial. Were they? We believed it. We said it. It had a good effect on us. You know what? None of us had high cholesterol. What do you believe? You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord. You have not kept it. Why? Because I again, what he said in verse twelve, or verse. I'm sorry, verse uh, verse eleven. When I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the day's appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash... Then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal. Would they have? He's empowering it. He's speaking it. How about his fear of David? Did he not speak about that? David will take the throne. Surely what more can be for David but to have the throne? He was afraid of David. He fed that fear with what he spoke. In 1 Kings chapter 12. Verse 26, And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David if these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Where did he say this? In his heart. didn't speak it out yet, did he? Then the heart of this people will turn back to to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Therefore the king did what? How can you ask advice for a fear that's only in your heart? What do you have to do? Do you not have to come out and say it? Guys, look, I think that this is what's going to happen. What can we do about it? Would he not have to put that to voice? Would he not have to say it? And then he came up with his plan. It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. So these are the oops people. We can keep on going with oops people. There's a whole lot of oops. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Now let's get into the now. That's more like it. This <laughs> is This is better. This, this is more like it. Oh yeah, the things that we say with our mouth. Go on over to uh, Numbers chapter 13 while you're going over, over there. Abraham, what was, his, his name was changed to father of, many. father of many. And he went around saying for a long time, I'm father of many. I'm, I'm father of many. God said for a long time, yeah, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And out of his own mouth, Abraham would say, I'm the father of many nations. How many kids you got? One, Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Twelve spies go in the land, ten bring a bad report. Caleb quieted the people before Moses, verse 30, and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. What's he saying? We're able. Why is he saying it? Because he believes it. Why does he believe it? Because God said it, because God said it, because God promised it, he believes it. And now out of his own mouth, he says, we are well able to overcome it. Oh, come on. How many times have we gotten before something and we said, oh, I'm not able to overcome this. I can't. Look at that bill. I am not able to overcome that bill. When we were going to school, some of you are still, kids are over here, some of the kids are still in school. How many of you looked at a test and say, I am not able? <laughs> we see that report? I am not able. But he said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. For they are stronger than we. Going down to chapter 14. So, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Oh, now look at this. I'll tell you what. Get this down. Whenever you change direction, you will complain. Whenever you change direction, you will complain. You want to find out if you're changing direction? Or are you complaining? I didn't have that in my notes. I just got that for somebody. <laughs> you all tell me about it later. I'll tell you what. I found myself complaining sometimes. You know why we're complaining? Because I was believing going in this direction. And then all of a sudden I got some other information. I saw the Babylonian garment. I saw the wedge of gold. The shekels of silver. And I went the other way. And what happened? I'm complaining. Saul waited and waited and he starts complaining. When I saw the people, when I saw that you, when I saw the Philistines, then I went ahead and did this. You've changed direction, you're going to start complaining because there is a disappointment that it didn't work. It's natural. I believed, I went in this direction, I'm disappointed it didn't work. And I'm going to complain. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Yeah, they're concerned about the wives and kids. Why would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we possess, we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us. Why is He saying, If the Lord delights in us now? Because what you're doing isn't good. He does not like this. He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. Whenever we go against the things that God has told us to do and the belief that we have in that, we are in rebellion against God. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared... In the tabernacle of meeting me for all the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them. Jump on down to verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where, where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Of course, Joshua is included in that as well. Verse 28. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will do, so I will do to you what? Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you, but what they spoke wasn't word of God, was it? But yet what they spoke would be done. You, you understand that principle? Mark 11:23 is not a principle that only works for the things of God. it is a principle that works. If you believe it and you speak it and you do not doubt in your heart, you will have the things that you say. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who are numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. Boy, what if your birthday was yesterday and you just turned 20? (laughs) but Lord (laughs) hold on a minute (laughs) for a day (laughs) really really for a day (laughs) but your little ones whom you said would be victims I will bring in and they shall know the land which you have despised but as for you your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness do you get the idea that God feels sorry for them no what you said you're going to have it go ahead but what they spoke was not word of God but they had a belief in it. You all want to lose weight? You all want to have healthy healthy bodies? Pick a program that you can build your faith on and believe it. And if somebody has a program different from yours, do not speak out to them. If they picked that diet program, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. Shut up. <laughs> you encourage them. Yeah, you do, you do it. That'll work for you. I know it will. I know it will. <laughs> Why? Cuz you said it. Cuz you believe it. It's going to work. First Samuel chapter 17. Then David said to Saul, verse 32, "Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine." And Saul said to David, "You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth." Does this phase David? We spent time on looking at David before. We understand that David had a lot of people speaking negative stuff to him. He does not let it affect him. People who speak negative words to you have no effect on you unless you believe it. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after it, struck it, delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seen as he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Why did Saul let him go? There's no one else talking like this. You got no one else out there who's talking like this way. Go ahead. You're the only one apparently who believes this. Go on out there. Verse 45, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. What's He doing? He's speaking to that mountain, isn't He? He has said. He, does He say this? He's hoping? No, He believes. Folks, if you want the things of your mouth to have an effect, you've got to first off believe it. can't just go out there, well, I believe I'm healthy. What do you believe in that? What are you, what are you basing it on? Well, because so-and-so said I should be. Uh-uh. you got to know. you got to know what the Word of God says for you. If your belief is that I'll be healthy as long as I eat vegetables, then you better eat them vegetables. <laughs> better have. If you believe that your health is because you stay out of fast food joints, then you better stay out of the fast food joints. thing that I, I use as a, as a gauge If I go into a place and I eat something and my body says, I don't like it. I don't go back. That's how I do it. If your spirit tells you something, don't go back, don't don't eat that. You better listen. If your spirit says you better eat more of this, you better listen. Go ahead and listen to that stuff. Listen to the Spirit of God. He knows your body. He knows what it needs. Daniel chapter 3. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Speaking about, you know, the fiery furnace. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. What are they doing? They are speaking... Out of belief. Do you sense any doubt in their heart? None at all. Daniel chapter 6. These are the words of the king. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Is the king born again? At least not yet. He says, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Did it happen? I'm sure Daniel was saying some things that had a whole lot more weight to it, but the king still said this. You need to first off believe whatever it is that you say is going to come about. You need to believe it. You need to know for certain this will happen. you like to believe that I'm going to be successful in life. I'm going to become this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have this. But you need to say it based on belief of something. And do not doubt in your heart. But believe that those things that you say will come to pass. And you know what will happen along the way? Something will come along to try and divert you. It can be somebody it can be some words. It can be a report. It can be a news article. It can be all kinds of things, but something is going to come. And we in Genesis chapter 3 in verse, verse 1. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, No, 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 no. Come on, you got it wrong. We may eat of the fruit trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. If you're going to believe the things of the word of God, then when other things come to you that are contrary to it, you cannot give it time. Don't listen to it. Has God said that you will be a success? Then why are you listening to people that are saying you're going to be a failure? Has God said you will overcome? Then why are you listening to the people who say you're not? Has God said that He loves you? Then why are you listening to anything else? (laughs) Has God indeed said the enemy will come through other people, through thoughts, through whatever means he has, he will try and get you to question the premise of your belief For what you're saying. And if he can get you to question it. Then he's created a. Doubt. In your heart. For God. Then the serpent said to the woman. You shall. You will not surely die. For God knows. That in the day you eat of it. Your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw. That the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree. Desirable. To make one wise. She took of the fruit. And ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Oh dear. Don't let, put this in your outline for you. Don't let what you see and hear. Don't let what you see and hear that is contrary to God's word change what you believe and what you doubt. Do not let what you see and hear Saul, when I saw When you didn't, don't let what you see and hear that is contrary to God's word change what you believe and what you doubt. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. It's up to you. You are the one who can stop it, you are the one who can hold it back. You are the one. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is speaking to every single person here. Every day. He's speaking to you. But understand this. When God gives a command, He likes to give it one time. And then He expects you to stay with it and hold on to it. Don't let other people come in and speak other things to you. And as we were worshiping, the Lord was speaking to me some things for some of you. And there's some of them that I can say to you in front of everybody here. And I'll do that.